Bob, everybody, welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. You know, now I realize as I'm saying that, right, I'm really not thinking of anything. I don't even know what's coming out of my mouth. Oh, you mean the, the whole jingle at the start? Yeah. Mm. I've become numb to it. I've become desensitized. Uh, but you're saying it as in you just realized or or it's just uh, it's, it's become like muscle I think memory? Because, I think muscle memory because as I was just saying it, I was reminding myself what the two topics were for today. And mm. then I was like, oh shit, stuff is coming out of my mouth, but there's other mm. stuff going on in my head. Mm, I see, I see. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it happens. I can... comes with <laughs> comes with age and also maybe some humility in realizing that uh, not everything you say is super interesting also, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to twist it in a way to shit on me in the end. Huh? Well done. Harish, well done it's you not, did it. it's well not done all you did. about you. There's an, there's an admission <laughs> on my end that has happened to me in what I said. Somehow is it came all about you again. <laughs> you mentioned, I mentioned that it's about age, and I am older, so that's why I'm telling you it's coming. Uh, the cognitive decline is real. The cognitive decline. You got to fight it, man. You got to. That's what. That's what people told. Like always say to you, right? Oh, you know, once you hit twenty-one, you will. Mm. Oh, you you will start aching, you know. Then once you hit thirty, then once you hit forty, we got to fight it, man. Don't give up, Terrence. No, you can fight it. Up. Uh, but there are just certain things you need to learn to let go of, lah. You know. Like, uh, mm. expecting to be the snappiest, most interesting person in the room with all the radio jingles memorized and all that. Yeah, that doesn't fly that well <laughs> in your late 30s and all that. Why are you laughing so much? Why are you laughing so be- much? <laughs> no, I, I know there's list with some indirect, like, just, no, no, it's no. not a slap in the face. It's just maybe, like, just from a distance, you, see, this, you know, motioning the, that slap. This slap is the movement. character assassination that you engage in. You keep <laughs> reading the intentions of the thing such that people, our listeners on Reddit, all like, wow, Terrence is being so mean to Harsh. I'm not, all I'm saying are uh, facts, you know, facts that can be. <laughs> They can be debated <laughs> in parliament, but they are facts, you know. These are facts. Cognitive hey, don't make this a reality TV show, uh, Terrence. <laughs> Terrence, don't make this a reality TV show, okay? Mm-mm. We need to stay mature, keep the conversations factual. Yeah. Do not yeah. make this a reality TV show. Yes, no half-truths. No half-truths on the other butt. No half-truths. Mm. Exactly, exactly. No half-truths. Yes. But yes, yes. Uh, I mean, it is the end of the debate mm. uh, uh, for Budget 2023. One of yes. the topics we are talking about is a direct consequence of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, shall we? Shall we jump into it? Oh, but first, but first, as always, yeah. the plug. Yes, and what what is it? Yeah. We want to plug. The, I know the, it's something related to to our how we're faring on Spotify, that right? Uh, but you, I, yeah, I know you have yeah. the numbers to make it more concrete for everyone. Yeah, uh, I mean, in the past, we've, we've uh, once in a while mentioned that, oh, if you've liked this podcast, if you enjoy it, it'd be cool if you could give us like a rating on uh, Spotify, on Apple uh, Podcasts. And right now, I just checked before this, we are at 795 ratings on Spotify, mm, mm. Uh, average score of 4.8, which which is uh, we're super proud of. So, mm. if just five of you all who haven't rated could spend like three seconds to press two buttons uh, and push it over 800, that would be great lah. Mm. Maybe what does it do? F- five what does it do? F- okay. Actually, what does it do for us when, when it goes to eight hundred? Whether do you make more money? Do we uh, do we like uh, get this big bump up or what? Why why do we need to get eight hundred? Because Spotify will send us that plug, right? Oh, you got eight hundred ratings. No like, like um, I know for YouTube when we hit hundred thousand subscribers, that happened. Mm-hmm. But I think eight hundred. I don't know. Like okay, so honestly, when I uh, look at a podcast or even a review online or something. If the number of people who rate it is quite high, right? Immediately, I'm like, oh shit, uh, this must be pretty decent, lah. Mm, um, that's true. So there's that, and also, and also, right from the time we first started YouTube, uh, Terrence and I and our team, we would always share like milestones we hit, like I think in YouTube, it was every mm. time we hit the next thousand subscribers, next thousand, yeah. we're like, fuck yeah, man. This one is just, yeah, just a. I guess it's more just the the sentiment of it. I don't know whether it helps anything to do with mm. the ranking or not, lah. No, and it yeah. allows us to gives us a reason to celebrate lah. Celebrate the small victories. Yeah, right? correct. Which in, in our line it's small it's, wins. You know, in our line these kind of things uh, don't happen that often. So every time it happens we wanna savor it. So be a part of our savoring 
come together and uh, help us, you know, enjoy this this five star rating together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's you, a need a, you need a hug or not? You need a hug, yeah. no? Yeah, that's right. It was a weird plug. You need a hug, is it? You see, it, is, it doesn't happen that often in this in this line. It doesn't, right? It doesn't like 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 what you said, like YouTube is the only one that like, literally like celebrates you crossing one of these milestones, right? Yeah, la, yeah, la, true. Yeah, true, true, exactly. true, true, true. But yes, sweet. Let's jump okay. right into it. Um jump right into it which in some way is related to a milestone in most uh, in a lot of singaporean lives uh, not mm. most a lot of um it was mm. the the news surrounding the um, uh, like rejigging of the a level curriculum that was announced by mm. minister of education chan chun singh as part of the budget debate 2023 yeah. so i mean just to give context i took my a levels in 2002 no 20 yes 2002 Mm-hmm. And you took it in two thousand. Two thousand. I was a Y two K A level A level yeah. yeah. Y two K A level boy. And yeah. holy shit, it has changed so much since then. And mm-hmm. this is another round of changes like, that were announced. Yeah. Um yep. so so I mean maybe maybe before giving the round of changes, what if we just give a a, a review for people maybe from uh, our batch or 2000 who took A-levels 2006 and below mm. uh, what the new structure is like because it took me a while to wrap my head around it also uh, yeah I think uh, I, I think anyone who yeah took the A-levels in the 2000s early 2000s or what uh, and you're wondering what yeah. the hell I mean I, there's so many changes to the education system I don't know what's going on uh, actually when you really look at it uh, the fundamentals are are pretty much the same, la, the same principles of what you need to do and all. Of course, there's a lot of variation in terms of how your university admissions and all are calculated. But generally, if you ever took the A-levels, like, you know, late 90s, 2000s, whatever, uh, you can understand this topic quite quickly. And I think that's what Harish is raring to go to explain to you uh, with his 70 tabs. Yeah. He's going to open tab number 69 right now. <laughs> yeah, to- <laughs> Today I'm going light, uh, maybe about 20 minutes. It's a good day. um, Yeah, so so during our time um, for A-levels, you could take, um, uh, you have your main core subjects, which could be three or four. I don't know if you could take two. Um, You take three or four, then you have your general paper, your mother tongue, and then your special papers if you want to explore any particular subjects to a deeper Mm -hmm. level. uh. And of course, you get the, the overachievers who get like four main subjects, three S papers, GP, uh, Maratang, and they get distinctions for all. And that was mm. insane. Like. But but after that, it was like, okay, like, then it's ABC, right? Uh, ABC, DEF for the four main subjects. Mm-hmm. So that was that was essentially it, right? Essentially, yeah. Uh, pretty simple. And you're, you're, yeah. So what I understand is that 2006, there was a big change to the, to the curriculum like, and they introduced stuff a bunch of stuff. Pro- I don't know whether all came in 2006 or along the way, but as of maybe last year, uh, each subject you have H1, H2, H3. Mm. So H1 is is the the less depth. Uh, H2 is most of the core subjects are taken at that level, and H3 is the highest one. Uh, so that's not uh, H3 is not included in the rank points. Mm. Uh, H2 has more weightage in the rank points, and H1 mm-hmm. is less. So that's for the core mm. subjects. Um. And then the combinations and all, you take uh, your core subjects, um, you take general paper, you take mother tongue, and you also take project mm. work. So project work and mother tongue, both you take in the first year of JC. Um, and project work is like a year-long project like, that starts at the start of the year and finishes at the end of the mm-hmm. year. Then there was a contrasting subject requirement. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you take mainly art subjects, you need to take one science. If you take mainly science, you need to take one arts. And then you get the the more weird combinations where the schedule your classes might be at different times. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, you have your four, three or four core subjects, mm-hmm. um, your GP, um, your project work, and then your mother tongue. So, from what I understand, to calculate the university admission score, which is the UAS, um, currently it is your three subjects, which uh, could be H2 or uh, and H1 as well. Your GP and project work all go into the points, uh, the UAS. And your mother tongue is only included if it increases your UAS score. Mm. Mm-hmm. Correct? So, 
so yeah so project work gp and uh, the um, your fourth subject if you do take one is calculated into the us for a maximum of 90 mm. points so that's what it was uh, up till the announcement uh, and the announcement basically there were three main things that changed mm. like um, one is that the project work is no longer going to be, going to be graded it's going to be pass fail mm. uh, and then the scores are going to be calculated differently only the your three main subjects and gp will be calculated as a base while the mother tongue and uh, your fourth core subject will only be included if it increases the score mm. and project work is not included at all mm-hmm. it's a pass yeah. fail it's a pass um, fail subject that uh is required you're required to pass for university admission but nothing the great the grades ah, actually don't pass, matter yeah. nothing more than that and then mm. there's the removal of mid-year examinations because that one cha- it, it, the changes were already made in primary and secondary school uh but they will now be made in junior college as well so so mm. so those are the subjects that, i mean just some context for project work what i understand is that uh project work there are three main components Basically, yeah, you mm. group up into different groups and then you have a written paper, which is like 3,000 words. Mm. You have an oral presentation and one more thing. What is the third thing you have? Uh, let's see. So, three topics. Okay. Uh, wow. This one has uh, to dig deep. Okay. Uh, and an individual so, I mean, component. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, okay. just That was the end case- of my spiel. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid we might have already lost half the audience. Really, lost <laughs> A lot of people firstly, yeah, like, it's like so long ago and why do they care? But I mean, broadly speaking, like, right, yeah. this is probably uh, yeah. for you and me. For This is probably our first, the first time we really sat down to try to understand what changes have happened since we were in school 20 odd years ago, like, right? Correct. Yes. So when you look yeah. at it like that, like um, what are the big differences between how A-level was back in the day for you and and what surprised you about what you just read and, and the whole spiel that you just completed? Uh, I think a couple of things. First, that even your core subjects, you can take it to different levels and they each mm. have different weightage. Um, and that project work is included in your grade. Mm. Um, and that mother tongue is included only if it betters the score. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah. I think... Uh, the, that's the current version, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess the emphasis on contrasting subjects where you need to really, that they, you're almost forced to take a subject that's out of your, out of your preferred field, right? Um, mm-hmm. that's something new correct, to me. Correct. Cause I think back in the day, it was really about, okay, in, in, in JC, like back then, it was really about, uh, you know, they, we were forced to sort of like hone in on what, what your specialty was already, right? Whether you're going to triple science yeah, yeah. or you're going to be, are you going to apply to be a doctor? Are you going to, you know, pursue the arts and, and go for, you know, get to a university in the US and pursue a liberal arts education. So I, you know, back in the day, I always felt like, wow, I'm barely 15, 16 or whatever. And I really have to make such tough choices about what I want to do to study for the rest of my life. Lah. So, so it, it yeah. felt, um, if I, if anything, I would say it felt like a very, uh, not, not stressful, but intellectually dishonest period where I was just taking, I was studying things because of what I thought my future self would want to study, like, you know, as opposed to, or because mm. I enjoyed it or anything like that. Um, so maybe, I don't know, there, there's a lot of merits and demerits that you could debate about, uh, being forced to take a subject that's not within, not within your, your comfort zone, like, right? Um, but, but yeah, that to yeah. me, it seemed like the biggest thing that, um, I was like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, that's a, it's quite interesting, uh, change that has been made in this past two decades. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so, so that was the, the big change that since early 2000s has, uh, has kind of like snowballed into what it currently is. And then the big change going forward is the, those few things. I think the one that is causing a lot of chatter is, the the project work in particular, mm, mm, yeah. uh, that it is not going to be included and that it's pass yeah. fail. But actually, so, why, why do you think, uh, yeah. from your perspective, right? Why do you think project work uh, came into the picture and now now is being taken out as pass fail? Uh, I mean, okay, I can imagine it coming into the picture because now that 
Fuck, we took like A-levels like 20 plus years ago. Oh my God. Um, as you go into the real world, as you work, you realize that at work, almost everything is project-based, mm. right? You work at a company, it's one big-ass mm-hmm. project. Um, and like, I don't know, I felt in, in JC, secondary school, you study, it's, 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 you're on your own and you don't have to deal with the politics and all that that come with life. Mm. So I can imagine, you're like, okay, that is a part of life. Let them experiencing experience it when they're young to get a feel. Because like, mm. even university, university, you immediately go, there's a lot of project yeah. work, right? I remember for I was, any tertiary education, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Because for, for you and yeah. me, I think uh, getting out of JC, then going into, you know, then through army uh, and then going to JC. I'm not sorry, not JC, going to university in the US, right? Like um, I was taken aback yeah. like, my first year in the in US by how, how much project work there was, uh, right? By how much collaboration was required and how much of of that collaboration also pointed towards my grades uh, right affected your own grades because yeah. i think in singapore yeah. at, at that time our system was very very geared towards like you just study you just study and then you vomit everything out during your exams and you'll be fine mm. Um, mm. there's no need to care about how other people are doing in fact if they slow you down you know just don't don't listen don't hang out with them don't listen to them whereas in, in then when yeah. you come to the u.s it's like yeah when I mean, you go to project work sometimes like People literally don't even turn up for meetings. They they or they just like come to meetings unprepared or they, they just they but then when they get to class, suddenly they're the ones presenting in front of everybody and they sound absolutely like they, they did their shit like right. And that that really shocked me. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that the you know, it seemed like the American education system really, you know, emphasized and prepared the the young students to from a young age to, you know, figure out where, how to work in groups and figure out, you know, when you can slack off and when you need to put in effort and, and really focus on those parts where you need to put in effort, which is essentially the presentation and looking like you did a lot of work, right? So I, I was like, honestly, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. whoa, shit, like, we are not prepared for this side of the world that, that is out there, lah. yeah. Yeah, so I think it's funny because I remember that it almost became a thing, no? Mm. Like if you have an Asian person or like a Singaporean person in your group, right? It's a fucking, fucking bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people were, were were proud of it. I remember even people saying, yo, man, yo, I got a Singaporean in my group. We are set. I was like, holy shit. Because I can imagine in Singapore, you know, where you just put your head down, you go in your lane, you do 10-year series yeah. like a hundred times, you can ace. Um, I can imagine like... uh people taking on the load of others. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, I know certain group projects I had to do, like some people just didn't show up and you can talk, talk, talk you want with them, you can try and sort out. But after a while, it's like, no, you just cover up for them. So I can imagine the the benefit of why it was included in JC. I'm so glad I didn't have to do it, Mm, but mm. I can imagine the benefit. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, the flip side is, uh, I mean, when you are in JC, if you recall those years, it's such a, it's such a tumultuous time in, in, in your life, right? Like in terms of like, uh, social, yeah. you know, getting to know people, you know, you're discovering things about the opposite sex or whatever, like, you know, all those things going on in your life. And then you have to couple that with, with, you know, imagine having to couple <laughs> yes. that with having to manage uh, a group of people and, and try to get a project that will affect your future. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I can imagine it being a lot tougher than in university. Yeah, whereas, because I think in university generally, there's a, it's also a bit of self-selection where people are a lot more uh, motivated to do well, uh, try their best to do well, right? Um, so yeah, yeah. JC, you know, uh, you know, at least for me, la, I felt like JC was a very like, oh, I, it's such a drudgery to to have to study this and have to take this exam. Why do I have to deal with this and all that, right? Mm. But then... But then, like, so the thing about project work, because one thing that did come up in articles I covered is they said it's it's something that is already part of the polytechnic mm. education. Mm. So admittedly, I'm not the most well-versed, but I have heard anecdotally from friends that project work is a lot more common uh, there. Like. Mm. So is, isn't this a case potentially of like, yo, man, this is the real fucking world. Mm. You, you're going to have to work as a team. So so why, why make it pass-fail? Because then it's so easy to not care. Mm, mm. But at the same time, like, um, right. if, if project work is only one aspect of it, right? Um, mm. it, it seems like it, it's because project work will rely on your teammates and, and, and everything, like, right? And, and like I said, there are different, different people have different motivations in JC for what they want to do. And also, 
it also feels like sometimes you, you know, even if you try, want to do well and you put in the effort, you might not be able to get everyone on the same page. And maybe at a J at when you're 15 or 16, it's not, or 16 or 17 years old, you're not equipped to deal with, um, interpersonal relations that well, right? As opposed to when you're a bit older. Mm. And, and, and it could end up, yeah, you just end up like, uh, you feeling like you're dragging dead weight along if, if you feel like someone's not doing well and, and that ends up like dragging down your score because of someone else's lack of effort and all. So just, just feels like a very difficult thing to be grading a 16 or 17 year old kid on, uh, the ability to, to manage, uh, work alongside other 15, uh, 16 or 17 year old kids. Uh. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, I was trying to think, yeah, it sounds like hell. <laughs> Hmm. But I mean, at the same time, it also sounds like it could be beneficial. But maybe it's because to have that group thing go be calculated as part of your university admission score. Which I mean, okay, university hmm. at every level uh, is one of those things that could shape your future. You can talk all you want about like the different uh, schools and all, but I do feel like which school you go to does impact you uh, in many ways, lah. So at hmm. that age. Uh, having such a big influence for the first time because secondary school, I don't think there's anything that counts towards such a monumental exam, right? Um, mm. I feel that, mm. yeah, la, maybe it's not the best idea. La. And then when I was thinking, okay, how do how do students actually think about it? And you look online, a lot of the Reddit threads like the Singapore, uh, the Reddit, uh, sub, subreddit for SG exams, everyone talks about project work as like the bane of their junior college, no? Um, mm. and I think like looking at it, I'm like, okay, like, I can, I can totally imagine because yeah, at that age, you're 16, uh, 17, it's new, but that doesn't mean that it should be done this way. I still think project work can be useful, but, um, maybe like, like the, the difference between universities, for example, and I, I don't know about polytechnics, but universities, each semester is like six months, lah, right? And you do a project for that, mm. it's half a year. And it's maybe one of mm. many courses you're going to take. This is the entire half of your junior college or if for Millennia Institute, it's one third. Mm, mm. So that's where I yeah. feel like, wow, that is super significant. You come into JC, uh, it's already kind of like, okay, uh, a, a new environment and then boom, you can have these people you have to work with without having any idea of like the school itself. And it maybe feels like it's the weightage of it, I think. Mm. And and you know, and JC is actually in in the larger scheme of things, JC is really only just two years of your life, lah, Right? It's a very short period mm. where you actually, yeah, the the leap from secondary school to JC is a uh, is a much bigger leap, I felt, lah, than you know other leaps from primary to secondary or even JC to university, lah, Right? Um, it, it it requires a lot more deeper understanding of subjects. The level of stress, uh, is, I, I felt was much higher. I don't know about you, like, but for me, JC just felt like this, um, yeah, it was a, it, it felt it, it, academically, it was like a hellhole, uh, right? It was a lot of studying. It was a mm. lot of like, uh, I, you know, I, I took a lot. My parents sent, sent me for a lot of tuition classes. Uh, and, mm. you know, there was just, everything was just geared towards like, oh, you, if you don't do well, your future is ruined because you can't get into a good university, blah, 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 things like that. Like. Um, and, and mm. yeah, it was just, it just, I, I don't know. For me, it, it bred a very, um, I, it took me a while to get over that very cynical view about, uh, academics because of JC, like, right? I, I, I was very disillusioned by like, you know, being forced to ex study really hard in subjects I wasn't that interested in. Um, and it took me, I mean, <laughs> surprisingly for me, it was going to army where you have to switch off your brain for like about almost two years, right? It was in there that I was, I, I was like, oh fuck, like I actually enjoy some aspects of studying and learning and all that. So it was in army where I, yeah, after almost like a year and a half of like my brain being switched off, I was like, no, 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 I need to, I feel my brain rotting. I need to switch it back on again, like, you know? So it's like, um, I would say being in army actually spurred me to like want to, want to like enjoy, learn how Study. to enjoy studying, learn how to, you know, Find stuff I was passion, passionate about. And well, what all. in army? What in army? What in army? Like, were you studying the 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 military test and all? No, right? uh, as in just not military test. Like, no, no, no. Harish, not everything is need to 
study according to what what jo- job you're currently in one. It's just sorry, I don't understand how to <laughs> how else to study if, if not for a test. What are you talking about, Terence? Oh, it's just about what, what else you study in life. Is, uh, yeah, are we in the military? I think because I mean, if if uh if you remember like in army time, you know, beyond BMT, beyond all the schools and all that, it's actually a very there's a lot of mm. downtime in between uh in between exercises or whatever, lah, right? And a lot of times when you're 18 mm. years old, 17, 18 years old, or 18, 19 years old like in the army, you know, there's what else can you do? All your other friends are also in the army and all that. Uh. So I spent a lot more time reading. Mm. You know, I, I, I started to read a lot of things, a lot of history, a lot of uh, uh, science and everything. Things that I would, books I never would have touched when I was younger, like, you know. Uh, I only, the, the, mm. the only things I would have read last time were textbooks, like, right? And just purely to, to mm. pass exams. So, I think in army was when uh, I really realized that, yeah, this, you only got this one brain, uh, and if you let the army just like, uh, take it away from you, that's wow. like the, uh, <laughs> that's the last part of the, that's the last part the army can never take from you. They can take your body, but they will never take my brain. That was my protest, uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying, you know, the rigor of the armed forces and the discipline made me realize that, you know, your mind-body connection is struggling. Man, no, no you're man. Like, this was numbing my was mind. Numbing my mind. This was numbing my brain. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> even on weekends, I'll be like, you know what? Like, the army wants me to be healthy so I can be a great soldier. I'm going to go out this weekend and eat a fucking buffet. That's my protest. <laughs> I will stuff my body and until it's like useless vestige of of like uh un unhealthy diet of an unhealthy diet and then then I present it to the army. This is your soldier. This is your soldier. Uh, uh, but my brain no but my brain I, just, I tried my best to keep my brain intact, la. Yeah. Oh, just now at the start of your spiel I was thinking, what you're gonna start playing like Majula Singapura in the background. Oh no, or no, 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 no. Oh, I'm not I'm not no, the, the OCS, no, no, no. the go officer command school type and then, you know, end up like just you know, you know just swallow everything, hook line sinker about uh, propaganda and all that. I thought very critically about mm, these things. I believe I believe that <laughs> that statement falls under the domain of mischaracterization, uh, Terence. Oh, okay. Um, I believe I believe. Hey, sorry, that sorry, 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 <laughs> sir. I mean, this is a Harish. You don't make me pull rank. <laughs> don't pull rank. make me fucking pull I'm really rank. Out army. I'm the highest ranking okay. person. Right, I'm a civilian. Highest ranking. That's the highest rank you can achieve. Now. Okay, next time, <laughs> next time you go reservist, then I will just show I'm up. I'm done, dude. I'm done. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm done. <laughs> oh, yeah, done. <laughs> no more already. Highest rank. I've achieved the highest rank already outside of uh, outside of SPH CEO la. Yeah. No. So okay. So then you know, like like um, sometimes when you are are facing difficulties, you know, that's when you you find another part of yourself, mm-hmm. right? So by making this pass fail, already there's so much talk about. Uh, uh, the the snowplow, you know, uh, parent, the snowplow politician. Uh, I don't know yeah. the coddling of the American mind. Yeah. Isn't this kind of also pushing people away from the eventuality of adulthood, like having to work? I know there's the age thing, but mm. maybe then it's a bigger discussion of like, maybe yeah, maybe if it's just a, a standalone exam because I don't know pass fail. I I think there is some benefit to having a rigorous project to work on together mm. and see people like for who they are and mm. all. But pass fail, I feel, takes that away. Like. But actually, to me, if pass fail, if if all you want to give is give people or give young kids a taste of what the real world is like, right? Real world where you have to work with people mm. and there's gonna be slackers, there's gonna be people, you know, wayanging and, and taking over your spot and things like that. I think pass fail gives you mm. enough of a taste already, lah. You know, and 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 you can learn a lot from just, you know, getting past the finish line. Whether you got an A or or mm. a C or whatever, as long as you get past the finish line, I think you there will be something you learn from it. And if the point is just to give them a taste, mm. then I think pass fail is fine. I, I don't think it's necessary to to grade people and 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 you know increase the stress in terms of like uh I oh I need to learn how to manage people because because mm. to me also one aspect of uh of our education system is like CCAs, right? And how CCAs play into your university yeah. course. And I think there's a lot that you already do in terms of like teamwork and group work in your CCA, regardless of what you do, whether it's a mm. sport or a uniform group or, or a musical a musical group or what. I feel there's a lot that you already learn about working with people. and But at least mm. that one, I felt, I feel like it's, it's more fulfilling as a as a young person, like, right? When you whether you play a team sport or mm-hmm. you're part of a uniform group or what, at least you I feel like there's more to learn there than than just, you know, uh 
working on a project that's related to your academic side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think I I get what you mean that also because, uh, you know, like the examples of like, oh, university, work, adulthood. I think even at university, if you get a damn chalap project Mm. uh, or damn chalap group, because you take so many courses, Um, your GPA, I don't know how else they calculate yeah. now, but last time it used to be GPA, which is your average across like 40 mm-hmm. credits. La. So if one is fucked up, you still have like 39. Yeah. With work, if you are in a toxic culture, you can quit. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have to weigh the options, but for junior college, yeah, la, like that one year thing, oh, when I was reading it, I was like, oh shit, you get it at the start of mm-hmm. J1 and then for the whole year, you present, oh my yeah. God. So maybe, maybe okay, I don't know whether the other subjects at this point have project work as part of their course, but maybe like mini projects that are not must mm. fail. Because I, I feel there's not part of the university uh, enrollment process. Like, because I think it's also one of those things that I don't know whether it could further inequality or like, you know, like watching Physical 100 uh, recently, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, I think spoilers are, are, are totally kosher mm. now. You see, when they start grouping up, right, you get some people who are like, wow, you know they are badass fitness people who like who are solid character, mm. but because it's a team thing, right, mm. then you get dragged down. Mm. And that's, that's sad. Yeah. Like. Uh, that's sad, right? It's, uh, yeah, I think what you're talking about is, is basically, uh, you know, like having people to work in groups, it's... Uh, it's a very different endeavor, la, right? When you expect them to, to mm. really um, take charge of their own, their own, uh, their own his, their own future as well, la. So I yeah. don't know, man. It's a it, the thing is that this project work was introduced in the two, two I think mid or to late two thousands, and then now people mm. are characterizing it as a little bit of a. It, it, I wouldn't say a U-turn, la, right? But a little bit of an admission that mm. maybe it wasn't what it was cut out to be. La, and maybe it's not a great... But they don't want to make mm. it look like a complete... Like they don't want to just get rid of it completely because that would look terrible. That would be admitting that you made a mistake. So the U-turn is oh, okay. La, it's pass-fail. And you don't have to care as much about it. La. And um, same for the, the, the fourth subject, the contrasting subject thing also, la, right? Uh, mm. Oh, you know, maybe... Maybe it wasn't a good idea to force people who don't like a subject to have to study something else that they they don't like. Uh, and the mm. other option is like, oh, okay, we don't count it towards your grade. La. But um, actually, I, I did want to ask you one thing. La. What do you think of about the removal mm. of mid-year exams? Because I think, if you think about it, like what you said, it's a, it's a big milestone also, la, right? Even like every academic year, it's always about you know the mid year exams and then the and then the prelims and then the the actual A levels and all for for A level students. Huh? So this is actually a very big milestone mm. that is removed. Huh? What do you think of that? Huh? So yeah, so that one. I mean, uh, I guess well, that one. Okay, so my first thought is like that means isn't that going to put a lot more weight? on the final exam because the, mm. at the end you're still going to have to take an exam mm. and sometimes when you have something that's almost like a dress rehearsal mm. uh, I know you have prelims and all but I don't know whether you have uh, like sometimes I, I think it, you do get used to taking tests and you understand your study habits and, and build up so I don't know man I, it's it's not super clear to me mm. Uh, mm. how I feel about that yeah um, of course it's always easier said than done, like, and I know and I can imagine students listening to like these two old fuckers, they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. But yeah, just off the top of my head, it's it's not super clear. Like mm. what about you? Uh? uh yeah, I mean I I looked at it from two perspectives. Like. First as uh, you know, when we were students and, and just generally as a student, uh definitely it sounds good on in theory that you don't have to study for a big exam in the mid year. Um but like what you said, like, you know, taking exams also is a skill, right? There are certain things about mm. taking exams, about studying, about how you organize your time and how you uh, pace yourself. Like it's like running a marathon, right? It's not a sprinter. Mm. Um, so mm. there are certain skills about taking exams that you only learn by taking exams, right? I remember BMT. The yeah. I remember I was like my mind was so blown when my BMT sergeant last time told me when I was trying to pass my my IPPT and everything. He's like, hey, Terence, you know the the best way. You know what the best way is to train for pull ups, to do pull ups. So, and then it started a regiment of, 
doing like going and just tugging at the bar for like 20 minutes before dinner every day like you know and then in the end yeah i passed uh, and then it, it, you know it's it was like a piece of advice i think you can take to take to a lot of things you do in life where sometimes the best thing to prepare for something is to just jump right into it and try it like. so in that sense yeah the media exams it helps you train that muscle quite a bit like the muscle of you know stuffing a lot of data in your head uh learning how to manage your time and everything and and also the stress uh, i think the stress levels don't underestimate the the amount of stress that comes with taking an exam mm. right i remember those days when when sitting at exam hall like sometimes my hands would be like shaking like before an econs paper because i knew that like, i had to like write physically write eight pages of of uh words uh, right and my hands were just like shaking because like, they were i don't know just getting ready for the for the mm. pain uh. So, yeah, as a student, you know, there's something to consider. But also, more recently, becoming a parent, uh, mm, right? A parent. Mm, mm. You, you might think that parenting these days is all about uh, free play, child-led play, letting the child decide for himself what he wants to do. But I realized on sending my kid to school, for example, I remember the first day I dropped him off at school and, and watched him, like, just, you know, walk in or get carried into his, his school. There was this sudden like, oh shit! I'm like giving him up to the institutions, really. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? Like, like basically all along, this this little guy who's been dependent on you, dependent on mama for everything, in, in you know, from feeding to pooping to whatever. Suddenly, you are like, you give all that up. You have to let go and just let the institutions take over, mm. really. And and one of the big things I realized is that when there is no when you don't actually know what's going on in the institutions, it, as a parent, you actually get very worried. Uh, whether, you know, when if the if the teachers don't update you about what's going on in school or, or you ask your, I mean, you try to ask your kid what's going on in school and then they, you know, they don't really give you a really good answer mm. and all that. Then you start to get worried. La. So as a parent, I can also see how removing a media exam, it, it kind of takes away from, the, the how much you know about how your kid is faring in school. Like you can hear from him, you can hear from his friends, you can hear your teacher say, oh, he's doing okay. But there's nothing that as as easily digestible and concrete as uh, exam exam grades, mm. right? So when you take that away, the, I think for parents, they they could get very kanchong uh, about how their kid is faring. So I was actually talking to an educator, asking asking her last week about well, how is all this going to affect affect y'all? Uh? And, and the thing she said is like, she thinks the, the tuition centers are going to rake in the big bucks. Because huh? she thinks that in, because there's no more media exams, parents are going to overcompensate by sending the kids for extra tuition uh... with their free time, you know, whether it's the June holidays or, or before the holidays or what. And they're just going to send them for tuition because they don't know whether how well the kids are doing and they rather just do something like pay extra money for someone to be teaching them and all that. Yeah. And that's where it's like, it can be quite, uh, it, it might actually backfire in terms of giving the students more time to pursue their yeah, interests. But Chan Chun Singh said that a removal of media exams will not be replaced by school-based assessments and school must not administer more than one weighted assessment for each subject or term. So that applies to parents as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's why you go to external yeah, tuition <laughs> agencies. <laughs> That's why the private tuition, private tuition is just going to make that much more money. So, so then, yeah. okay, because I was thinking one aspect of taking tests and exams is that you, I don't know, it feels like you kind of maybe get some exposure to being disappointed and knowing you fucked up, um, which is not an easy thing to stomach, mm. you know, like, mm. and you know, with, with, with seeing increasing rise of like anxiety and, and, and stress amongst younger children, especially when there are these milestone results that come mm. out. I don't know, man, like, um, it, it feels, it's not as clear to me as like let's say primary school removing media exams that one I think okay like mm, you know mm. that is a time when they are figuring shit out you know it's more more important to almost to play socialize and all that with JC I don't know so that's where it feels like uh, what yeah it's it's not super clear but, but does it differ for you like for primary school is it a lot clearer for you like no media exams make sense uh, uh just but just to yeah I, I think uh for for lower lower I mean in secondary school and primary school, I think it's in those institutions it's a lot about the parents, mm. right? It's a lot about the parents forcing the kids to study. It's a lot about the parents setting the structure for the kids to study. But once you hit um, the JC going age, I think that's where you really 
yeah, you really need to teach the, uh, you really need to let the kid um start to set their own timetable, learn to sink and swim and everything, like, mm. you know? Because those, that's the period where after that, you're really just, you're chucking them into the, you know, whether the university or the military, depending on your on your gender and all. Um, but, but to your point about uh, learning disappointment, there's also the flip side of it where, you know, the psychological uh, term, learned helplessness, mm-hmm. right? And I, I believe the experiment was they, 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 this was back in the day when this was still, uh, the, the ethics of these experiments were not so uh, suspect, suspect, suspect la, where they put a dog in a, they put a dog in a room. There was a little barrier between uh, two sections of the room. And then each, on each side of the room that um, there was electric shock, like electric shock pad or something underneath. La. And the dog would, you know, it will feel the shock from one side and to avoid the shock, it would jump to the other the other side of the room. Then that side of the room, after a few seconds, it would shock the dog. So the dog would just slowly learn to just keep jumping from section like to and fro, to and fro, to and fro in order to avoid the shocks. La. Yeah. Um, but of course, you can't do that forever, right? You can't do that forever. So after a while, when the dog learns, gets too tired and just learns that nothing I do will really avoid me ever getting yeah. shocked, right? They reach this stage that they call learned helplessness, la, where you basically they basically just cower and just like they just get shocked and they just don't do anything anymore, and they just learn that there's no more there's no point to actually trying to evade the system because it's so uh, it's so difficult it's so rigged oh against me, anyway, right? <laughs> and yeah, so that's the that's the that's why I feel like uh, when you know when you say that the thing about oh they need to learn about disappointment and they need to have some hard truths in order to survive. There's also the flip side that what they could learn is just helplessness. They learn that, you know, whatever they do, the system is rigged against them and rather than be encouraged by by seeing by seeing the shitty grades, they actually feel like, what's the point? I already so shitty, what for I put in any more effort? I only got six months more and I need to take the bigger exam, which is going to be even harder. Mm. How the hell can I pass, mm. you know? So, so, in some sense, I, it also gives you, so there's the flip side that people could, uh, kids could just like uh, give up lah because the mid-year exams are so bad. And six months, is I mean, not even six months, they have less than six mm. months from the mid-years to the, to the prelims or A-levels. And what's the point in, in you know, in trying trying any harder lah? They're not going to change anything. Mm. So I don't know, that's the, that's the thing lah. I mean, at least if like it was the, J, you know your J one exams where you didn't do that well, you can still say okay, the next year I can still, I can still try harder. I can try and pick up the slack, yeah. like, right? Or even choose to repeat a J one, for example, like like how I think uh, when we had Alvin Tan on our podcast, he said that's that's why he chose to do mm-hmm. that, right? He chose to redo his his whole J one year in order to, uh, in order to to try harder, like you know. So, you know the the where's the mid year exams is just. Here, here's a great. You suck, and uh, yeah, you got like three months to ch- turn your life around. If not, it's over mm. already. It's over for you. But, so I don't know. To me, it's like maybe mid years are because they are so close to the prelims and the the A levels. It might not even have make sense to have them. Uh. Hmm. I think yeah. I think it can go both ways, lah. Because I can see that point, but also, uh, yeah. I I think the the thing about like, the one thing that I'm realizing talking through all this is right. Like when we were going through school. Uh, there was almost no experimentation. And I'm just thinking like, how would it mm. feel like as a student now where every few years there's something changing? And I don't think it's a mm. good feeling, man, because because there's this whole sense of like, oh, FOMO and shit like that. So, so I mean, hats off to the students, man. Already like going through COVID as a student was probably like mm, fucking ridiculous. And then having these policies change Mm-mm-mm. every few years. Um, yeah, because for us, last time we grew up, you know, okay, there's PSLE, O-levels, A-levels as that one path. And then, uh, or after uh, secondary school, you go poly and then uni. Uh, it was just, mm. like, I, I guess, I guess, yeah, there's, there's no right or wrong. La. But I will say that um, I think if Bruce Lee was asked this question about mid-year exams, I think he would say keep the mid-year exams. Uh, because, you know, he has that one famous quote, I fear not the men. Wait, what? what? Fuck, la, I was going to get into the quote, la, Terrence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was, yeah, I was going to ask why Bruce Lee, because it's so, so random. Of like, course. I mean, you should have set it up. Hey, don't like, don't you're shit on my why. setup. If you give me the time to let the thing breathe, of course, I have the tab open. I've had the tab open for like the past seven minutes when you were going on your speech about media exams. So, I know, I know, Harish, but it's a this a this a conversation. It's not a 
You know, giving a monologue. <laughs> Dude, so you just, people are going to react to stuff you, you say. Just, I'm going to I'm going to ask questions. Dude, That's conversation. You just give a long ass monologue of like four or five minutes. So hello, point one finger. Uh, got four fingers pointing at you. Yeah, anyone listening, you can go back. Three, like, three, like, three fingers. <laughs> three fingers pointing back. So anyway, anyway, I fear not the man who has practiced ten thousand kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick ten thousand times. So to adapt it, it would be, I fear not the man who mm. has practiced taking tests and exams once, but I fear the man who has practiced taking tests and exams twice. Okay, it doesn't have the same mm. kind of ring. Mm. <laughs> mm, 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 yeah, so. Yeah. But there's also the, you know, when if you, if you since we're talking about martial arts, there's also that, that saying that, I'm not saying, there's also a belief that uh, your chin can only take that many punches. Mm. Like every time someone gets knocked out, they say your chin is never the same again. You know, so you get 10,000, you get knocked out. You, you you take the exam one more time, but in that one time, you really get a knockout blow. It'll take you a very long time to recover la, as opposed to you really train and prepare yourself. You have the time to really train yourself mentally to prepare yourself for, for the big fight. La. There's, also, there's also two things. Yeah, la, there there are yeah. two things. There's, a, there's, yeah. in, there's such a thing as yeah, there's such a thing as overtraining or, you know, getting injured while sparring, which is like, I think the bane of like, uh, or any of these mixed martial arts. So, this is something yeah, to think la, about. Something to think about. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, like, it could go both ways, mm. but that's the point of a discussion and a conversation, right, Terrence? Correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah conversation. conversation. So, that's I'm right. curious if there are any students listening to this, because uh, I know people have said they've listened to us for a GP and all. Uh, it would be great to hear your perspectives, mm. la. Um, because we've been talking for a long ass time about mm. it. Uh, yeah. So if you could just head on over to Reddit yeah. or Instagram and just just let us know your thoughts, because we might be missing something totally yeah. off, la. Yeah, yeah, we might be. We might cool. Be. That's true. Cool. Uh, yeah. But speaking of uh, speaking of failing, pass fail, failing exams, and and having like red all over your test papers, mm. right? There's a bunch of people living in Tampanese who are seeing nothing but red every single day. Mm. And uh, it has caused a bit of a headache for them. And uh, there's a bit of a public debate going on as well. Uh. And what is this big red issue? Mm, actually, it used to be red, but now I think no longer red really. And the issue issue was that mm. for the blocks, um, a, a set of BTO blocks at Tampanese um, called, uh, what's it called? Uh? It is Tampanese Green Vine. Um, it there were pictures that came out last mm. week of the lift lobbies, uh, which were all painted red, la, like bright red, la, um, with mm. with some pretty pretty strong yeah. lighting, um, and it was only for the lift lobbies, la. So that started going viral online, and mm. people were like, "What the fuck? It either looks like a red light district, it looks like an art exhibition, it looks like something that is very disconcerting, la. Um, and there was a lot of chatter online. And then Bay Yam King mm. also responded saying they are looking into it. Um, and he's the senior parliamentary, parliamentary secretary for sustainability and environment and the MP for Tampines. So mm. he said he's asked HDB to review it. Mm. And as of last week, the, the lobbies have been painted white. So that was how it kind of, uh, mm. uh, yeah. ended. So, um, but r- more recently, there was a photographer, Darren So, who, posted something on Facebook just saying that um, it's also not the best thing that we just shit on things that are a bit more experimental, the things that are a bit more bold. Um, and he went down to take photos mm. of the other blocks which are have yellow lift lobbies because he said he feels that will also be turned white. La. Then it became a debate of like, how far do you want to mm. push innovation and bold stuff um, versus keeping things comfortable uh, that people are used to. So, so mm-hmm. I mean, there's no conclusion yet. But what was your thoughts when you first saw the live lobbies, uh, the pictures of the live lobbies? Uh, to be honest, I thought it's quite cool. Um, it's very, definitely very unique, right? And it's not just the, the red lift lobby, right? There are other, there's another block that's like yellow in color, mm. right? Uh, entirely yellow. Mm. So I thought, oh, it's, it's, it's quite interesting to live in a building that, that let's say you, you hop into a cab or whatever and you tell the uncle, oh, I'll, I'm staying at that, the, the red HDB in Tampanese. Mm. Immediately they know which one you're talking about already, right? 
and and that like it's such a unique thing in Singapore when when the you know whatever place you stay in it's can be identified by by a very unique uh, architectural feature mm-hmm. la, right so it, to me it was like I thought it was cool uh, but yeah, that was my initial thought. How about you? Uh, okay, so my initial thought was like, holy shit, fuck that <laughs> for the red one. For the red one. Oh, yeah, okay. And I mean, it is something that yeah. I've thought of before, like uh, in the sense, I think a lot of people feel this like in Singapore, the HDBs um, are quite stock standard. Um, you don't get as much variation as maybe mm. you got in the 80s or, or 70s. Like. Now, it's all about, you know, utilizing the best space. So when I saw this, I still felt like, oh mm. my God, I cannot imagine living there. Because just by looking at the pictures, I didn't feel like, I felt like, yeah, it, it, like my, it was a sensory overload. La. And I don't know whether I would want that to be mm. the place that I stay. Um, uh, yeah. mm. But it's not, it's not, it's just the lift lobby, right? It's not your I house. Know. It's not literally your your. So your so place, now I mean right? like my whole life whenever I'm walking back to the lift lobby, there's a sense certain sense of like okay calmness and all. So now like uh like I like walking mm. back to my current lift lobby. Uh, it's it's very calming. So then when I see mm. them, like, oh shit! I go then the whole time in the lift, then I come out and then it's like this 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 tunnel that is uh a bit a bit overwhelming before I can get home la. So that's what I felt about the the mm. red ones, but. It also became known that there are 11 blocks, four have red, four have purplish blue, and three have yellow. And if you look at the mm. pictures of the yellow, mm. it kind of feels very different. And I don't know about the purplish blue ones, mm. but mm. then to me it was, I think it's just the choice of the red was too harsh. Uh because I totally agree. Like it's all it'll be super mm. cool if like even in the distance you can see your home or or yeah, like like people telling people, Oh, I live at the at the red block. I remember last time when growing up in Tampanese, there were these wavy blocks that were kind of curved. And all my friends hated the mm. fact that I say, Oh, I live next to yeah. the wavy blocks. Um but they they knew where it was la. Mm. So this one I think is the I think is the yeah. colour. Because I do agree with certain things that Darren said, la, that that we we want to be experimental, be innovative, but also at what expense, la? Like I wouldn't want to live in those red blocks, la, To be honest. No, so the you're saying that because it's just overly, it's overly stimulating in some way. It's la. too red. It's the, why, the color uh, is too bright. Like the yellow one, the yellow one looks more. Could tolerable. it be? Okay, so if it was pink, you think people would make a fuss? I think if it was like hot pink, then also be like, oh, Lord, just just calm, calm down, you know, like pink <laughs> is nice. Um, I'm colorblind, so I think my my contrast is also uh, mm. a little less, so I don't know, for, for full color people, maybe it's like, holy shit. Um, so I think it's just too strong a color, mm. too strong. But for you, you, you like it, mm. you can imagine living there. Mm. So maybe, no, 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 that's the thing. I think it's different when appreciating it from, mm. uh, as someone who's not living there and living there as well. I think that's the, that's the nuance that that maybe is being lost in this Like I think, uh, you know, it's I think the residents will have a better can have give a better perspective on on how it's like to live there like, right? yeah. Whether there's a sensory overload, whether they feel it's very creepy and, and things like that. Because yeah it does. Uh, the the I was quite shocked at how red the place looked at night like, mm. right? And and it really had the vibes of a red light district and, and everything, and um. You know, it, we 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 talk about the sensory overload, you know, but also on the flip side, it could be that you that you know, in in red light, like, there's certain you might not see things very clearly, and it might actually be be harder for your for for people with poor vision, like, right, mm, mm, mm. to get around mm. uh, as opposed to having bright light. So there is a general, as much as you want to do, you know, it would be cool to innovate and be funky, all right. And all that. But at the end of the day, these are common spaces that people live, where people, where people have to go access every single day. Yeah. So if they, those people living there are having a hard time for whatever reason, sensory overload or just finding it hard to make out details and things like that. Uh, I think that, that is more important uh, than about, um, the aesthetics that other people look at from a distance. Uh. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to his point, I think he's not wrong in saying that, you know, we don't want to stifle innovation or creativity at all. Uh, I think there's other ways to do it within the block zone. Mm. Uh, not necessarily by, by making a public, 
uh, access area so so uh jarring so colored in such a strange fashion yeah, yeah a bit jarring and all that right uh you know you whether it's like you having space for murals and and, and things like that all around the block I think there's other ways to to make it interesting. Even like let's say a, a whole wall of the a whole one side of the entire HDB block entirely painted by by murals. You know, you give Singaporean artists a chance to to do something like that. I think they would love it, like you mm. know. Uh and and it'll just be as even more outstanding probably than just a a block flats being red in color. Yeah, like. yeah. Uh so yeah, you, you I think you have to find a balance between what's practical and, and what, what is uh, so-called allowing innovation or and everything in Singapore. Yeah. I will, and I mean, yeah, I think, I think I love it when I see buildings with murals on them. I think that is so cool. Uh, I can't imagine the decision-making process because who decides what mural goes on. But then I was also thinking about the red thing, right? I mm-hmm. totally agree that it's harder to see things. And think about it, if you're bleeding, right? Then you won't know you're bleeding. <laughs> Right, oh, yeah. there will be a place in where the, you the situation you <laughs> in the situation where you accidentally you just stabbed your wife and yeah, then you like, right. didn't realize that there's blood stains you, on your shirt. You then you're like you just oh, do, 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 yeah, go out right. and then you're like oh shit, the police gonna catch me. Or if you have blood on your hands, <laughs> that, or you're dripping blood or something, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. know. So then I also was thinking maybe yeah. if you extrapolate that, maybe HDB blocks shouldn't be painted in the colors of any bodily fluids. But then I realized okay, that would uh, mm. a lot a yeah. lot of a lot of HTB blocks are painted in 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 a color of bodily fluid, la. But that was just a yeah, a, yeah. A, a poor poor parameter to base it on. But I think yeah, it's the color. It's the yeah. color. It was too red. Yeah, it was too red. Yeah, and, and I mean, remember like how like in Bishan, for example, the red the red blocks because the 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 blocks are painted red on the outside. I think yeah, or they use red bricks or something. It has become a very unique feature of uh, Bishan, right? So there, it's not that you can't use red or or you can't use very intense colors or what, But I think when it comes to to lighting and places where people need uh need there needs to be like a, a minimum level of like uh basic like you know clean white lighting. Mm. I think uh, they should still adhere to those standards. Uh. Yeah. And I mean, I was thinking, hey, but BTO, they always have the mock-ups of the, the models and how it looks like and all that. But if you click on the website, yeah, it it just looks a bit reddish. Um, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think no one was expecting like this red. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I hope I hope this doesn't make like the, the future BTOs just be like stock standard and vanilla again because it's, I mean, okay, it's one of those things, yeah, like what you said, it's nice to see from afar. It's nice to be like, oh, you know, I think that's a step mm. in the right direction. Uh, but the people who are actually stepping yeah. into the lift lobby are like, hey, fuck you, lah. Like, you, you like your lift lobby like this, no? But yeah, I hope it doesn't kill mm. any, any ideas that, that could be a little more different, lah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Very interesting little debate, lah. Interesting. But, uh, not as polarizing yeah. as the, the first one, lah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, but yes, cool. do let us know what you think also. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, especially if you live around the area and you have have thoughts about it as well. Yeah, yeah. I think Harish, you used to be a Tampanese boy. Yeah, as well, I used to right? be a Tampanese boy. Tampanese always have a special uh, home uh, place in my heart. Until I moved away from Tampanese and I realized, oh, it's pretty far mm. from everything. And I thought I understand some of my friends saying like, "Why are we going to your house again? It's damn far." I'm like, "Why is it far? Tampanese is awesome." Um, but yeah, I still love Tampanese. Mm. I still love Tampanese. Maybe if you're if you if you live in the red blocks, maybe people would be like, "Oh, it's so cool! Let's go and visit your house in the red block." Yeah, like when they come, well, it's cool, lah. When they come, it's cool. They'll take photos <laughs> and all that. Then after that, um, yeah, maybe I'll just cut them on the way out, uh, so they won't be able to know they're bleeding. Uh, I see, I see. So you can <laughs> live your fantasies of being a serial killer exactly more easily. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but cool. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, speaking of brighter things or yes. so. Yes. Uh, so what's your one shot, one shot comment? Uh, my one shot comment was posted on our subreddit by a long time commenter, but then ho five days ago, it was a poll, um, where they asked, mm. okay, when you miss a couple of Yalabad episodes, in what order do you catch up on, uh, the episodes? So the three options was earlier episodes first, then later episodes, later episodes first, then earlier episodes and shuffle. So, I mean, the vote has ended already, so the results mm. are out. 
most people listen to earlier episodes first then later mm. episodes which I thought would be the other way around I thought people would listen to later episodes first because it's more uh, current and then go back to the earlier episodes mm. yeah did did you vote on that uh, I can see but there's an element of, of no I didn't vote but I can see why there, there is an element of uh you know, one podcast building on another as true, well, right? yeah. when we make references backwards. You yeah, know? true. So there is that element that people might consider when choosing which one to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just my contrarian thinking. La. Silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> contrarian and yeah, it's different different from uh, yes. trying to be different from exactly. everyone. Exactly. Right? My goal in life, be different from everyone else. Yes, yes. yes. But I mean, it was 17 yes. votes to 12. La, so not, not uh, but, like a lot of other people also felt the same way. But that, mm. I thought that was interesting. La. But what's yeah. about you? Yeah. Um, the other, yeah, so my one short comment was uh, from, I think, long-time listener, Jungle Jimbo 88, mm. uh, commenting on our podcast, talking about the Lee Sien Yang Oxley saga. Mm. Uh, he said, thanks for having the chutzpa to cover this sensitive topic. And see if Sudhir uh, is willing to come onto the podcast to give more tea on the book or the parliamentary coverage. Mm. Uh, so, and then he lists out a, a series of questions that he would like to answer. So, yeah, I think uh, you know it may be time to revisit, uh, you know, another podcast with Sudhir. I think we always enjoy having yeah, him on yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're not sure, but we're not sure. I'm not sure because. Yeah, I'm not sure if people are sick of hearing about the the Oxley saga and, and the ebook and everything. Already. Yeah, I think I think everyone needs to read the ebook, but whether they want to discuss it and all, it's, it's you know, there's been a lot of news about it already, like for the last few years. Like, yeah, right? yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So I mean, see, like, because because even mm. now there's all this talk of Li Xianyang wanting to run for president and all. Uh, yeah, it's just like never ending, yeah, never mm. ending. Mm. Yeah. Never ending. Cool. Yes. All right. And what, what... Speaking of never ending, yeah. what is your one shook thing? Uh, my one shook thing was just something that done by uh, an eatery in Singapore, uh, Sri Sun. Sri Sun... I don't know what's the full name. It's the, the Prata shop, la, Sri, Sri Sun. And because... Okay, mm. this past weekend, mm. um, Menu got thumped 7-0 by Liverpool. And they just ran this promo that if you... Ooh. If you Ooh. okay, let's not dwell on that. Okay, um, but if you show up in your menu jersey, you get <laughs> seven free uh, pratas because it's prata kosong lah, right? And apparently, it's been something they've been running since 2019 <laughs> when Liverpool beat Barcelona. Because I'm guessing they're Liverpool fans lah. And then yesterday it came out that they give away six thousand eight hundred yeah. free pratas now. And to me, like I think that's wow. so awesome. Like, I mean. As much as they're Liverpool fans and all that, I think it's a brilliant move and like it's fucking hilarious. And you see pictures of all these menu fans mm. in their menu jerseys just having prata. <laughs> so I thought it was a, yeah. a, a brilliant, yeah. brilliant kind of like marketing thing, whatever. But uh, yeah, it just it was just hilarious, uh, hilarious. I think it must be quite fun, like you go there with I your mean, fellow it, menu fans. I guess it, it's. Uh. Yeah, so I, I was thinking as a menu, if since you're a menu fan, it I mean it's like a nice consolation, la, right? For what yeah. was a very shitty afternoon for for menu fans, la, right? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So I mean, it was misery, misery loves company, la. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. What about you, man? Cool. Uh, but speaking of misery, uh, I think my one shot thing is. Something I'm still in the midst of, of enjoying, but I think everyone should really check out Chris Rock's uh, Netflix special, uh, you know, his comedy, stand-up comedy Netflix special, Selective Outrage, because I think everyone knows that he addresses the elephant in the room, which is uh, Will Smith's the Oscar slap incident from last mm. year. He addresses mm. that. Uh, and I haven't even got to that part yet. I mean, I've seen the clip, so I haven't got to that part yet, but even just the, I mean, I just watched a few minutes in and in the first 10, 15 minutes already, I was really like, wow, this is amazing. It's like Chris Rock, uh, for, and it is why we love Chris Rock, like, right? And, and why he's so many generations of people love him as well. Cause it's just, it's so funny. And he just pokes fun at so many things about work culture and all that. Just hilarious. Wow. And, and so, he's on Netflix, right? Yeah, he's on Netflix. I, I'm enjoying it. So do check it out. He's so. on Netflix, lah. 
Yes, yes, it's on Netflix. So when you watch yeah. comedy shows, like it, I'm guessing, yeah. is yes, is right. it hard? Is it because you it's hard for you to sit down for one hour you, with your kid and all, or you like to you like to break it up? No, no, no. Uh, I think it is, yeah, because of it's there's competing interests, lah, right, for your time, where when you have a kid and things like that. Mm. So if you can, I mean, if you have the luxury of like just sitting through the full hour, please do so. For me, I I, I do need to. I think for stand up comedy, the good thing is that I can mm. I can uh listen to bits and pieces without having to sit down and commit the full hour. I think it allows you to to take breaks and and you can always go back and revisit the parts if you forgot what's being discussed yeah, before. Yeah, but true. it doesn't matter because they're always starting a new joke every few minutes, like, mm, right? Mm, mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. Cool. So yeah, cool man. Awesome. Um. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes. And we'll talk to you at the end of the week. Back to the, and back to the grind. Back to the grind. Yeah.